Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, folks. Thank you for tuning in today. It's a great day to serve the Lord. Thank you for listening. I'd like to share today out of Timothy. I want to share some truths that I think God uh, wants us to understand. And I really, I know that life is a growing process, and I certainly want to grow each day in, in my walk with Him, and I hope that you do too. And I hope that you will have just a splendid day and that the love of Jesus will abound in your life powerfully. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for a great day. This is the day you've made, Lord, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I pray for those that are sick. God, there are so many out there that are struggling with sickness. I pray, God, you'd be near to them, you would touch them, and lead them. God, heal their bodies, I pray. Thank you for this opportunity to share today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, have you ever heard it growing up? Your parents might say, you can do it. You can do it, son. You can do it. Don't think you can't. And then you start saying, I can do it. See, we can be people who make a major difference in this world for Jesus Christ. Every single one of us. Today at 2 Timothy, we share a little bit, and I've been talking about wisdom uh, for quite a while. I'm going to close this one out, uh, dealing with wisdom talking about Paul's wisdom to Timothy in life. And as I share from the Word of God, we see that Paul's released from prison in Rome in A.D. 62 or 63. And after his fourth missionary journey, during where he wrote 1 Timothy and Titus, Paul was again in prison by Nero in 66-67 A.D. It was during this time that he wrote 2 Timothy. In contrast to his first prison experience, where he was watched in a rented house, this time, He was in a cold dungeon, chained like a common criminal. You know, in fact, my wife and I visited that dungeon. We visited, they say, was his original jail. And it was cold. You had to walk down these little stairs, and it was dirt floors. And it was was very interesting picturing the Apostle Paul being there. His friends even had a hard time finding where he was kept. It said that Paul had three reasons to write the letter to Timothy. And the first was this, he was lonely. His friends had deserted him, and you know, that is like sometimes today. We have people to go to prison, and pretty soon they just get forgotten about. And uh, I know, because I have a lot of friends that are in prison, and I know they feel that way, but thank the Lord, there's groups that go out there and share with them and encourage them, and I'm so glad for that. Paul longed for Timothy and asked him to come and visit him soon. Another reason he wrote the book was because he was concerned about the church. At this time, the church was under a lot of persecution under Nero, and he was telling Timothy to persevere and to keep preaching. Even if he had to suffer for it, keep preaching. You see, folks, we are called to preach the word. And you're saying, well, I wasn't called. If you're a Christian, you're called to preach the word of God, not to be a preacher but to preach the word of God to people to let them know that Jesus is alive and well and wants to touch their lives. You know, sometimes people think, oh, it's just pastors who are called to preach. No, we're all called. We're all called to be vessels for him, showing people by our lives Jesus Christ, being a living witness for him. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1-5, through 5, Paul's words. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, 
and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Yes, cults. Many people are involved involved in cults where they are dictated to what they need to do, what they need to follow, and there's rules made up, there's books made up, there's all sorts of things made up that they follow, and God's word becomes secondary or third or not even exist at all. And that's because the Bible says this is going to happen. People are going to want to listen to things that people are itching their ears with. But folks, we must preach the word and tell the story of Jesus to all people so they too can have hope. They too can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ who transforms their lives. Believe it or not, the world is starving to meet Jesus. Yes, starving. You know what it is to be starving when you're so hungry that you can't hardly wait to eat? I remember on some hunting trips growing up going into the mountains, and I didn't hunt much. In fact, I never shot an animal, never shot a deer in my life or an elk, you know. And But I would go on these hunting trips, and we'd walk the mountainside. We'd come back, and I'd be so famished. And we'd take up bologna and mayonnaise and mustard and bread and make a sandwich. I tell you what, that sandwich is so good, it could have been prime rib for all I'm concerned. I mean, it was tremendous because I was so hungry. Well, there's people out there starving to meet Jesus. But yet, they need introduced to him. He wants us to introduce people to Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul was telling Timothy, to introduce people to Christ. Not to worry about being treated poorly or made fun of, but to share the word of God. George Barna did a survey that shows when people come to the Lord, and it should be an opening, eye-opening to everyone listening today, because the fact of the matter is most people come to the Lord between ages 7 and 18, and then it's a very sharp decline, very sharp. That's why it's so vital for us to have uh, children and youth ministries that are on top of things. They say after 65, only 1% come to know Christ after 65. So we better be reaching people. And we better be having a program for our seniors. Some churches leave their seniors out because, well, we want to be hip. We want to be modern. We want to be in the new. We're just trying to reach the 25 to 30-year-olds. Well, 8% of those come to know the Lord. 1% of those after age 65, uh, that's when they give their heart to the Lord, after age 65. So my brother Dave pastored a church in Woodburn, Oregon, and his church was full of seniors. He averaged about 170 in attendance, and I think he had probably over 80 people, 65 and over, and I know he had over 10 that were 90 and over. He ministered retirement centers. He brought in concerts for them, but he ministered to the older folks. We have a wonderful program in our church. Pastor Gary started a number of years ago, and it's called Joy Group, and it meets every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock in our fellowship center. That group has grown from 10 to 15 to close to 60 now. Now Gary has stepped aside and 
and, and Pastor Don is doing it. But I'm telling you what, it's so neat to see those people. They're the some of the most energetic, vital people in our church. But we need to have things for the older people too. Our church shouldn't be just for the young. But we need to be concerned for the souls of man. He went on to tell Timothy, be prepared to correct, to rebuke, and to encourage. Why is it we are so fearful about standing up for what is right? We don't want to correct people or rebuke people. Even though they're wading deeper and deeper in sin, we just continue to watch them slide. We see people making terrible choices, yet we do nothing about it. They're lying, they're cheating, they're drinking, they're carousing, they're going downhill 100 miles an hour. But instead of standing up and encouraging them, we say nothing, so we encourage them to keep doing what they're doing. People of God, it is time to stand up. It's time to love people gently and restore them and show them the power of Almighty God and that He is there for them. What it comes down to is too many of us are not concerned about people's souls. Yeah, I know it's harsh. It's true. We're not concerned about people's souls. We're concerned about our lives, about what we're doing, about the time we spend. We're more concerned about hurting someone's feelings and continuing to let them slide than say anything to them about it. People of God, it's time we stand up. We stand up and let people know, hey, what you're doing and showing us, show them in the Word of God. This is wrong. What you're doing is wrong before God. Turn your eyes to Him and love them anyway. You know, the Bible tells us to love the sinner. We've got to love the sinner. I think the greatest way to have a testimony in life is to love the sinner. Hate the sin. Yes, we should hate sin all the time. Well, Paul didn't want Timothy to be a weakling in faith. He wanted him to be strong, filled with the power of God to make a difference in a lost world. It's very easy in life to just fall in the mainstream and just go with the flow, to be happy and mind your own business. Even the Lord directs us to show the world who Jesus is. He told the disciples to go into all nations, and that message was for all of us in the last chapter of Matthew. Well, that doesn't sound fun. It's a blast, folks. Leading people to Jesus is the most fun in life. You are changing their life for eternity. You are leading them to heaven. How much more fun can that be? You know, I, I honestly, I, I think I get just really frustrated because so many people just care about themselves and their own lives. They're not concerned about their family. They say, oh, they love their family. They love their family with everything they have, but yet they're not concerned enough to lead them to Jesus or to show them the church and where they can come and, and have a safe place to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. As you well know on this show, I speak all the time about being involved in a local church. I think it's essential. I think that's why in Hebrews, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling and gathering together. We need fellowship, and I encourage you, if you're not going to church, get involved in a good Bible-believing church that is close to your home that you can get involved in and go there and support the pastor, support the church, and pray and do what it takes to lift people and bring people to Jesus and so you can grow and develop a fellowship of believers around you. I think it's very important. I really do. I'm so thankful that God has allowed me. I'm just about ready this week to start my 33rd year at the church, and God has blessed us. Things aren't perfect, but things are good, and God is good, and I trust him to continue to lead. Well, I'm going to finish this off today and 
continue this path tomorrow. Thank you for joining me today. May God richly bless you. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.